0: welcome to the stone industry podcast whether you're an experienced agent new to the industry a property manager or principal join us in conversations with fellow industry peers stone industry conversations will bring you content to inspire and inform you on your journey in real estate
1: good morning all welcome to the stone industry podcast my name is peter Muffer from stone real estate today we have luke cameron who is head of growth of stone Having an interview with mark sinclair mark sinclair is the director of real estimations mark is the founder managing director of real estimations mark is regarded as one of australia's leading and foremost strategists in the field of real estate agency business management so today mark and luke will be discussing how to maximize the value of your business and what acquisition strategy to look at and hope you enjoyed the podcast and welcome to the industry podcast
0: Good morning, Mark, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Um, All right, Luke. It's important uh, for everyone to understand your model and based on our conversations, um, I understand you offer really strong support for businesses in aiding them maximize their value at succession. Would you mind just sharing for the listeners more about your approach?
2: Absolutely, Luke. The, um, I, I, we do a lot of work internally inside businesses and trying to understand what business owners are wishing to achieve over a, a one, two, three, and up to five year period. Most people come to us, or some people come to us when it's um, towards the end and they've made the decision to sell, but we've seen a big swing towards a lot more people understanding and having the benefits of doing strategic planning on a regular basis with an external consultant. Obviously, the benefit of of what we do, we're independent of everybody uh, inside franchise groups and we offer that independency whereby we work with a lot of the franchise groups like yourselves um, and identify those owners that have wished to take a longer-term approach to their business planning.
0: So I'm glad you mentioned short, medium and long-term views. Given the current climate we're in, short-term, what advice would you be giving to business leaders out there to to navigate uh, the challenges of the COVID-19 world?
2: It is in a challenging world. I would totally would agree with that. It's interesting that every some side of the equation there's a degree of panic. We don't see the panic. We have actually been approached by quite steady numbers of people who are looking at wanting to have their business reviewed at the moment. So they are in a position to potentially buy a business to shore up cash flow. That's really the biggest thing. We're seeing people going, what can we do inside our existing business? What other things that we can potentially move around, adjust and ultimately have our business position to take uh, the opportunity to buy a competitor? We're getting a few people where we're suggesting everything from merge opportunities. The starting point with all of this, of course, is understanding what their businesses look like right now. Uh, and typically we would undertake either a valuation and or an equity check to understand what their financial position is like. If that position is generally quite robust, we would be suggesting and recommending they look at putting in place credit lines or loan facilities to, to look at our buying uh, a competitor or, or aggregating another portfolio. And that's probably the biggest thing we're starting to see right now is our stronger clients are approaching us to look at those opportunities to buy rent rolls or aggregation. And that would be our strongest uh, suggestion to everybody listening right now.
0: That is certainly uh, consistent with a lot of our internal messaging to our partners. Uh, we can offset any downgrade in volumes from the market with some really clever acquisitions or mergers. Um, so I'm yes, glad you've been you to that. Um, you also mentioned that um, ensuring that the, the businesses have a clear idea of the equity position. What are banks looking for and how can businesses best present their business case to a bank to capitalise on any acquisition potential?
2: Uh, The banks are continuing to support the industry strongly and they will continue to do that, contrary to some uh, commentaries that we've heard and read around the marketplace. So that's the first thing. When you're going to the banks now, the banks are wanting to see more than just your rent roll. They want to see a cash flow projection of what your business looks like over the next six to 12 months in the uh, in the coronavirus world we live in, they want to look at your balance sheet, they want to look at your ATO portal. All of those things, if all of those things are lined up and look good, you can approach your bank and say, we are wishing to put in place a facility to buy a, a rent roll in our area, there's people wanting to sell or people wanting to merge. So it's a case of presenting three things, the cash flow of what your business looks like, showing what your existing balance sheet's like, Uh, understanding what the ATO portal is looking like, which can be uh, a very mitigating factor for banks to support loan applications and go to them with a plan that shows how you are running the business, what your business looks like from a sales and leasing perspective and a property management perspective. If you've got a set of accounts where the business looks like and is structured that way, the banks are going to be far more supportive and, and and encourage you to actually get out there. We, um, we've we got a couple of clients right now where the banks have actually done their reviews of our client's books and the banks are fully supportive of putting in place those opportunities. I think the banks are going to look at some possibly tighter loan covenants moving forward but if it's a strategic acquisition then I don't see that being problematic for the borrowers.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really powerful point and uh, I guess in essence we want to be making the decision easier for the bank um, so I'm glad you've, you've shared those points. Uh, for those that are committed to wanting to acquire rent rolls, what goes into a quality rent roll? What should business leaders be looking out for?
2: People get very, very wound up with just looking at the management revenue. Management revenue or management fees is really important, really important. But there's a whole series of aligned parts inside a portfolio leaders should be looking at. And must must look at that ancillary revenue. What are the, what, are, what revenue is being achieved The leasing fees, uh, lease renewal fees, inspection fees, et cetera, et cetera. And then to see how well the portfolio is being. Uh, firstly, that can be seen very quickly, should I say, from typically uh, the trust accounting packages that people use, whether it be console, uh, commercial for MRI or Cirrus 8. Residentially, of course, we're using Property Tree, Property Me, Etc. Cetera, et cetera, Each of these packages um, produce great reports and you can analyse quite quickly what's going on inside the business. Look at the arrears, the historical arrears that people are looking at. Is the business well managed? If, it's, if arrears are low and vacancies are low, then you'll see in a portfolio that is well managed. Conversely, if you see high numbers of arrears, high numbers of outstanding maintenance orders, that to us would be a flag and for any buyer because that would deem that the rent roll is being... Managed under a stressful situation. Look for a portfolio that is close geographically, close to where your business is currently located. Look and see if if you buy a rent roll and merge and merge that into your business. What does it look like operationally from a staffing cost? Do you have to employ um, more property managers and support personnel, or by taking smaller pieces of the pie, can you buy a rent roll without that additional labour cost? That's the real opportunity. If you can buy that and not have to have that additional uh, employment um, expense, then that typically should go straight to your bottom line.
0: So short term, the objectives are financially motivated. Long term, the success with these deals come down to the cultural alignment between the existing business uh, and and the staff that are coming across with that deal. From a cultural alignment point of view, what should businesses be looking out for in merging uh, two different teams
2: together? Cultural alignment is probably the biggest thing to ensure the integration of our businesses. That's not going to happen quickly. The best, 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 best way to get that to happen is spend the time and get to know the people inside the businesses that are merging. The key stakeholders, the leaders, the senior PM teams, there's got to be not just great dialogue, there needs to be sessions that involve planning and whiteboarding so that people can see what this integration is like. Who's going to be who in the zoo? What are their roles? If all of that work is done beforehand, then once the business has emerged, it will work. If you try and do it afterwards and go into it with the vision of effectively your old holding hands and kumbaya, it's a recipe for disaster the best businesses that we've worked with that have merged do take that time to plan, do identify the key stakeholders, outline their, their role and, the, and their actual role descriptions up front, and that works tremendously well. Have an open line of management communication. Um, that is also very much aligned. I do think that um, if you're merging two rent roles and it's not two businesses, as long as the seller and the buyer are on the same page and are sharing the same story. The integration is good and if you look at statistically, when we analyze our portfolios that we've worked with over, we do this every six months, the people that have done this integration well have the highest conversion of management authorities and the least slippage.
0: Very good. Now what uh, succession planning is topical, the industry is aging, What should businesses be considering in terms of succession planning? Should it be something on the agenda for when a business is starting with the end in mind and reverse engineering the plan to to meet that objective? Or is it something you look at towards the end of your your business's life cycle?
2: Absolutely, this is an area where As an industry, we're all very guilty of this. Um, As as you mentioned, it it is an aging industry, and that's because not enough people spend the time at looking who are the future buyers of my business, when do I want to leave? Um, And they are things that people that enter the industry don't do it. So moving forward from here, we do work with our clients to ask them that question up front. They find it quite confronting because they don't address it, or they've made the decision they're going to sell in 12 months because, for whatever reason, if people are entering the industry now or or have a business now and they're wishing to exit in five, seven or 10 years' time, the best thing that those sellers or owners can currently do is identify key people inside their business that they believe will be the future stakeholders and equity buyers. We tend to always look for the external party and not enough is done inside to see who are the key people. Are they the right people? Can they buy my business? How are they going to fund it? If leaders inside businesses now identify one, two or three future people, then start developing that relationship now. If there aren't enough of those people inside the business, then go out and find them. I think the days of buying a rent roll and standing on the corner, those days are potentially completely finished. What it needs to do now is the younger people that are coming into the industry aren't given enough structural coaching in this space and I know many that are begging to have that coaching. So if you do have a good business and you do want to exit, find them now, work with them now and talk to them about their future, whether it's a buy-in or whether it's an earn-in on equity. We've got structures and plans that can help people do this. Um, and if you don't know how to do it, we can give you some direction on how to do it. But the most important thing inside businesses now, the leaders must identify who, who the future stakeholders are. And I will also share with you, statistically, most management buyouts, as the term is, or management buy-ins, um, the employees see how good a business is. They, they typically pay more for that equity buy-in than an external party. I couldn't
0: agree more, Mark. I think you've already identified someone that's culturally aligned to your business and their position as a leader, and often the best buyer does mm. come from within. Um, yes. Where, where do you see the biggest challenges facing the industry coming out of the COVID-19 period?
2: Those businesses, um, those businesses Luke, which have got small rent rolls. Anything, uh, depending on which part of the country that you're in, uh, scale's going to be critical for cash flow because this period with COVID-19 is going to see the strong from the weak in regards to um, recurring revenue from property management. So those businesses pre-COVID-19 that were tracking very well and their fixed, all their fixed costs and a portion of their variable expenses, they're going to be the ones that survive. The businesses that are going to be forced to sell or wish to sell, um, in most cases, will have reasonably high overheads. They'll have a rent roll that's going to be under 200 managements, and they're going to uh, obviously find this period seriously bumpy. So we see uh, post-COVID-19, there'll be a lot more businesses that will be aggregating rent rolls. Scale will reach new levels. People will be going. Well, the minimum amount of properties for long term survival for cash flow is going to be somewhere between 350 to 500 managements. Now, people laugh when we say that, and uh, we we see that's a serious number because in every portfolio, you've got natural churn in over a year, people moving back in, people selling. So, if you've got an an organic 5% churn, then you need to keep that growing as your business, as your portfolio grows. So, we see lower numbers of businesses. Uh, we see more people merging. So numbers of practicing agencies, should I say, we think will contract. There's going to be a greater uh, consolidation with mergers and those businesses with scaled rent rolls will be the ones who succeed and also salespeople that can actually properly produce. I think there's going to be much, much more drilled down into those salespeople as to see what they can contribute as a a profit center in themselves inside a business because the sales departments historically are not great uh, profit producers, they're top line producers. So there will be a lot more drill down by committed leaders to making sure that their sales department is a profit center in its own right. And those that are doing it thin uh, will have to address those issues and we don't see those businesses uh, tracking particularly well.
0: So Mark, for those businesses that perhaps haven't um, put the measures in place to ensure that their fixed cost coverage is, is adequate during this period. Is there anything that businesses, is it too late? Can businesses adapt and grow? Um, what, what, what suggestions would you have for those businesses that are uh, feeling the pinch at the moment?
2: Oh, I think that this is, you, you hit a very good point. Uh, the fixed cost ratio issue, they need to know what that is. That's the first in which a lot of people don't understand that until it's too late. If they do get that advice from their accountant, their bank manager or ourselves, someone like ourselves or, or obviously a very proactive group like yourselves, they need to do one of two things. If they're intent and they're committed and they're focused to continue looking after their business, they, if their equity is insufficient to to, borrow, to buy a rent roll, then this is the time to start merger discussions with um, an aligned agency an aligned company and share the vision that they are much better off having 50 percent of a business that's making a profit versus a hundred percent of a business that's um, underwater so that's going to be the key thing they must be realistic to where they are and the big one where these businesses normally we've seen over the last 12 months um, they normally have unfortunately high ATO debts, um, they are under strain, um, they're emotionally strained, they're physically strained, their cash flow is very inconsistent. So if they're going, you know what, I want to stay in real estate, I want to join a great group, I'm not chucking the towel in, I'm not gonna fall under the bus. How do I get out of this? Speak to people like ourselves, if you're not asked, go direct to a client, we're then happy to open dialogue and share how you can merge the businesses. and the injection of those additional people, the merging of, of companies dilutes. Subject to everybody knowing, as we mentioned earlier, who's who in the zoo and what their roles are, that these de- stresses a lot of functions inside of business. That would be our strongest suggestion.
0: Well, Mark, that is incredible uh, insight. Thank you so much. You're, you're speaking to lots of offices in, in varied markets. How can our listeners get in touch with you at, at Real Machines?
2: Um, yes, yeah, thanks, Luke. Look, the best way for them to reach us is through our website or my email. My email is mark at realestimations.com.au or my mobile number is 0412 and we're very happy to um, have some discussions with people and see how our services can assist them.
0: Mark, that's incredible. Thank you so much for your time and insights today.
1: Well, thanks all for listening today. That was a very interesting podcast and I would like to say thank you to Luke and Mark For recording that information which hopefully a lot of you will get some great value out of it. That actually lets me think a little bit about how Stone actually began and some of the comments Mark said there are very true and also we sort of enacted a lot of those things as we began. So I think in the future what we will do for you is actually create a podcast How Stone Began because I know a lot of people would like to know that and we might be able to share some insightful insights into what we did and how we've evolved to the franchise business that we are. Anyway, I hope you all have a great week and I hope in this uh, tumultuous time you can take some positives out of the week and look at the opportunities that possibly might be there. But please all take care and I look forward to speaking to you on our next podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Stone
0: Real Estate Industry Podcast. To learn more about us, be sure to visit us at stonerealestate.com.au. Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast player so you don't miss out on any future conversations with industry peers. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast and the conversations on today's show, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or simply make sure you tell a friend about the conversation we had. Be sure to join us on our next episode with more information to inform and inspire you. Bye for now.